Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the Life of an Average Joe podcast. I am your host, Brandon Navera, and I am very excited to be here today. It has been a while, uh, but we are finally at part three of the For Those About to Rock series. If you haven't listened to the other two, I suggest you do. The first one, we talk about the good old days, the concerts, the waiting in line, Ticketmaster. You know, this wasn't, you know, the days of when concerts sold out, you still had a pretty big opportunity to buy tickets. This was the days of when concerts sold out, you better find a scalper or you better know somebody. We talk about that. We talk about uh, what I did to get those concert tickets to Pearl Jam and Prince and so on. In the second part of the For Those About to Rock series, we talk about some of my favorite concerts we, uh, that I've gone to, some of the best experiences I've had at concerts, as well as some of the weirdest concerts I've been to and some of the worst concerts I've been to. Talk about everything from Rolling Stones to No Doubt, uh, to the Spice Girls, to Cody Jinks, um, just all kinds of stuff. Plus, we talk about my great experience in the mosh pit at Rage Against the Machine. In this series, we're going to go a little bit different now. This, or this episode, I should say, we're going to be a little bit different now. This episode, the final episode of the For Those About to Rock series, is going to focus on my experiences meeting artists, backstage experiences, uh, who I had beers with, who I talked to, who really didn't want to talk to me but was forced to talk to me. And I just, you know, I think it's cool because, you know, that's one of the things that you always hear about. You always hear about people getting to hang out with celebrities or getting to meet their favorite musician, their favorite, you know, rock band, their favorite, you know, girl pop singer. And it doesn't happen to everybody. It doesn't happen to all of us. I mean, I'm sure some of us have stories Uh, of people that we've met that we didn't anticipate on meeting, you know, maybe at an airport. But when you go to a concert, there is a little bit of a part of you, at least there was back in the day, uh, that hope that you could sneak backstage or that you could get the VIP passes or there was some after party where you can meet one of these artists. And I was fortunate enough to not just let it happen once, but to let it happen multiple times. So I'm pretty excited to talk about that. And the first one I want to talk about is kind of a weird one. You guys may, uh, may have heard of Sia, uh, S-I-A, Sia, you know, weird, weird chick. Um, if you're not familiar with her, shame on you because she's huge and she was a great singer. But she, you know, the first I heard from her was she had a song that played in that show that came on HBO, Six Feet Under, uh, with the guy who played Dexter. Um, this was before Dexter. This was like right around, you know, season one or th- between one and three of The Sopranos sometime in there. And it was right when HBO really changed their format. And I remember hearing this song and I was like, gosh, this chick's got a great voice. Like, I really like it. And I remember, you know, for the life of me, I couldn't, I couldn't find out who, you know, who this person was and, and what she was. And I wanted to find you know, find this song. Well, finally I waited. I watched, you know, the show multiple times. It's a great show, by the way. I think there's only like six seasons. So if, if you haven't watched it, watch it. And I saw the name at the end of the credits and it was Breathe Me by Sia. Then I bought the album and I was like, this is an awesome album. And I started to do some research on her. 
and found out about her and found out how she was with this band named Zero Seven or they did these these songs together and, and I just really dug her. I mean, she's super weird and quirky and then of course she's blown up. You know, she's produced so many songs. She did a song with Flo Rider and now she's doing a lot of pop stuff. Very different than her first couple albums, which I prefer, but still she's got a great voice. So Sia was one of those people that was coming in concert and it was very small. It was at the Majestic. The Majestic is in downtown Detroit. And it is a great venue. Um, you have the Majestic. You have the bar right next to it. And then you have an upstairs area. And what's cool about it is it's literally a bowling alley next door. So you go to this bar. And it's still the old school dive bar. But there's a bowling alley. Now, I was with this girl at the time who was pregnant. No, let's stop right there. It was not mine. And she was a friend of mine, and yes, we started dated, and, and maybe that'll be in my next book, and we'll talk about the the the, <laughs> the love life of Brandon Novera. Um, but we were there, and her husband at the time, um, no, we were not dating while they were married. Let's just, I'm not that guy. And we had gone. She was a big Sia fan, so we went to go see Sia. And we're sitting there. Now, it's Detroit, okay? And it's in February. It is freezing cold. There's a snowstorm. I feel like most of my concert stories these days back home come from a snowstorm. I was working in Detroit at the time. You know, I was doing the nightclub, but I was also working at a warehouse in Detroit in a horrible part of the city. We'll talk about that later in another podcast. And I was driving. They were coming about 45 minutes away in the snowstorm. A lot of people didn't show up to this concert. And you're at the Majestic. The Majestic had lost power right before the show. So everybody, you know, I had found out about it because I looked online to see, you know, what the exact start time was of the concert. And I found out that they had lost power. So I was worried that they were going to cancel. So I'm texting the people that are coming to see me. I'm not hearing from them, obviously, because they're, you know, they're in the middle of the snowstorm driving. And I'm, I'm, I'm there before they are. And I'm just sitting at the bar drinking some whiskey. And I'm seeing people come in and out with different, you know, equipment and all this. And the bar has power, but they're telling me that the ballroom of it is still, not everything's back up. It's an old building, but the concert's going on. They just had to rearrange some stuff. So my, you know, my, my people walk in and they sit at the bar and, and her husband, you know, and I have a drink and she sits there with some water. And all of a sudden we hear this accent behind us. And it's a very distinctive accent. Now, if you've ever heard Sia talk, you'll know her accent because she's very, um, let's just say it's very, it's, it's, it's very thick. It's an Australian accent. So it has, it's a very thick Australian accent. You can't mistake it for anything else. And I turn and Sia's right there talking to somebody. So Sia just post up to the bar next to us, starts talking about how cold it is here. I mean, and we're just hanging out. She finally pulls a chair up, sits down right next to us, looks over at my friend and is like, oh my gosh, you're pregnant. You're so cute. You're so pregnant. There's a little baby in there. And she's rubbing her belly and she's talking to her. And she's like, I can't believe that you came to this concert. It's so cold. And my friend's like, I love you. You know, I can't wait to see you. And she's like, oh my gosh. She's like, well, we're going bowling. Why don't you join us? Now I'm all about it. Let's go bowling with Sia. This seems like a great idea to me. 
My friend's husband is not as enthusiastic as I was, says no. Well, I go anyway. I walk over there and I hang out. I meet the whole band and I'm talking, I'm having a drink. I kind of look over the bar through the glass and I'm kind of feeling bad at this point because, you know, I did go, you know, come with them or meet them there. And there's a little bit of guilt and there's a pregnant woman involved. So I already feel bad. You know, she's sitting at a bar at her favorite artist concert. She can't even drink. And here I am bowling with her artist. I never actually got my chance to bowl, but I hung out with him for a good 20, 25 minutes. So we go into the concert and finally let us in. It is freezing in there. Now, I don't mind being cold, okay? Obviously, I'm from Michigan. And right now in Texas, as I sit here in my 11-year-old hoodie, yes, it's 11 years old and I am not ashamed of that. And it looks 11 years old. I'm in shorts too. You know, Luke is uh, just left. He's going uh, with his mom because I have to work in a little bit. And, um, you know, we're getting ready to go to Michigan next week. Anyway, I'm, I'm getting off track. But um, so I don't mind the cold, but I'm sitting inside a concert venue. The chairs are like the old round, like the round lunch tables. The seats I'm on are just like, I feel like they're going to break. Like, I mean, I didn't weigh a lot. I was in better shape. Well, maybe I'm in better shape now. I probably was fatter back then. But I'm just sitting here, and it's like, this is like a generic setup for this concert. And there's not a lot of seats. Well, we found one because I'm not going to have this pregnant girl stand. And we were right there by the stage. The lighting's horrible. The opener sounded like a dying goat. I don't even know who they were. And Sia finally comes out, and she sounds great. But we're so close, we can see her. But I, if you were just a couple rows back or feet back, it was so dark in there that you, there's no way you could tell what she looked like. Not to mention, every time she sang, I could see her breath. That's how cold it was. So Sia's looking down at us, and she's like, oh, there's my bowling buddies and the cute pregnant lady. Look at her. She's right there. That's the cute pregnant lady. And she's pointing. She's like... I am so happy you came. This song goes out to you guys. And she sang. It was great. And I mean, this is the first time I've ever had met this Australian pop singer or whatever you want to call her. And she was awesome. I mean, had the opportunity to go bowling with her. And because I guess I was a nice guy, I didn't go. But that's just one of the cool experiences. Now, now I don't know. Sia is so big with everything she's done with Maddie and you know, every, every artist she's been with and, you know, she was with David Guetta. So there's all kinds of stuff that, that she's done that I doubt I'd ever get to see her again. But it was really cool though, because I got to see Sia. Speaking of females though, I don't know if you guys know the band Garbage. You know, I'm only happy when it rains, stupid girl, all that. So Garbage had just come out with their album, their first album. And Stupid Girl and I'm Only Happy When It Rains were playing on the radio. 89X, which by the way, 89X just suffered uh, another victim of 2020. It was the best alternative rock station in Detroit for years. About a week ago. They switched formats and now it's a country station. Blech. So anyway. But 89X used to play them all the time. And I found out that Garbage was going to be at Harmony House. This is one of the places I used to buy tickets, buy my vinyl, buy my CDs at. 
Now, it was at the Harmony House in Farmington. Now, Farmington is outside of the city. It's, it's, you know, about 30 minutes maybe. And not far from where I was living. So me, my buddy Toby, and I believe two others skipped school again. <laughs> uh, actually, I don't think we skipped school. I think it was in the summertime. If I, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that for once I didn't skip school. And we drove to Harmony House to get a picture. I still have this picture. And this was the, you didn't have to buy anything. They were just signing albums. They were taking pictures and you just had to wait in line. Well, we were about 20, 20 people deep so far. And then the line wrapped around the building. So we got up there. I got to take my pictures. They were at a table. I mean, this was all very formal, you know, at a table. They had pictures there. They signed or they'd sign your CD. I think I had them sign my CD and a picture and I took a bunch of pictures. I kind of leaned back and tried to do a selfie and, and then I took some. Because, you know, we didn't have the iPhones and we didn't have selfies back then, you know. They were just called pictures. <laughs> so, um, and that was it. It was a great, a great meeting experience, you know, whatever. We went to a cafe down the street. That's not even there anymore. And we hung out. Now, mind you, we're, we're underage at the time, so we're not like at a bar. That's a cafe. We're drinking coffee. I mean, I think maybe we got some appetizers. And we're just hanging out trying to figure out what to do for the night. Because they weren't there promoting a concert, they are promoting an album. So we were just trying to figure out what, what we are going to get into, what kind of trouble we were going to get into, that sort of thing. As I'm looking at the door, I always face the door when I, when I go to a restaurant, if I can, or a bar. I see a group walk in of four, maybe five. And I look and I'm like, that's Shirley Manson from Garbage. So... I'm not going to be one of these people that runs up to her and, you know, and a couple of people did. And then they, you know, they walk by Well, they sit at the booth behind us. And this is one of those corner booths, nice round booth. It's an old school cafe. I mean, picture Pulp Fiction style, you know? And I'm like, dude, they're right behind us. And my buddy Toby's like, yeah, I'm looking at Shirley Manson right now. I waved, he waved, and we're just minding our business. Well, we're getting ready to go. And I'm like, bro, we can't leave. Like they're here. And Toby's like, are we just going to go back there and sit and talk to him? And I'm like, no. And I'm like, but we got to figure something out. So the waitress comes, refills our coffees for like the 700th time. I can't even drink any more coffee at this point. I'm shaking like I'm on crystal meth, you know. And I get up and I look over at him. I'm like, wow, we just saw you guys. What are you guys doing here? You know, that's the, that's the smart thing to say. Now, they, Shirley Manson in particular, you want to talk about an accent. Shirley Manson has the thickest Scottish accent I've ever heard in my life. I mean, to the point that I don't know if I would have understood her. I mean, it was thick, okay? I think she's, I don't know, she's got to be 50 now, but, or maybe 45. I don't, I don't know. So at the time, I think she's, no, she's 54 right now. So, you know, this was back in 96, 97. I mean, do the math, people. And um, she tells me she's, they're just eating, hanging out. So I ask her, hey, are you guys going to be coming in tour soon? She said, yeah. She asks me and my friends to sit down. So we sit at the table with garbage, with our coffees, and we talk. And they are the nicest, all of them, from, the, from the, you know, the, the drummer, everybody. They're just talking to us. And they're talking about the music. And then they're really just talking about the area. 
how it's nice and how, you know, she liked how small this area was. And she was, you know, when she flew into Detroit, you know, she didn't know exactly where she was going. I'm probably there for 30, 45 minutes before we let ourselves out because I just felt like we were overstaying our welcome. But we hung out and had coffee with Shirley Manson and the rest of garbage. And that is just, you know, no pictures there. No, you know, no selfies. No, I don't even think MySpace was around back then. Yeah, I guess MySpace was. Um, nothing. Just sitting down, having coffee with Shirley Manson and the rest of garbage. I mean, I didn't plan on that happening. I was pretty happy with the formal Harmony House meeting. But to be able to do that, and I mean, I can, I remember what she, what she wore, what her hair looked like. I mean, everything. It was, it was awesome. And I like garbage. And I ended up seeing them recently. I say recently, probably a couple years ago when they came to Frisco and played at FC Dallas Stadium uh, for Edgefest, which of course is, you know, Edgefest is no more. But garbage was there then too. And I didn't get to meet them or anything like that then. Not that she would have remembered me having coffee with her you know, back in Farmington Hills, you know, at, uh, in 1997. But, um, one of the other more odd moments I should say was, uh, <laughs> this was, this was a little wild. So Aerosmith, huge Aerosmith fan, you know, and I hadn't, hadn't got the opportunity to see them. Obviously I didn't see them back in the day, you know, when they blew up on the scene, I wasn't even born yet. And obviously I tried to see them several times, you know, when they came out with Get a Grip and all that. That was like their resurgence album, and I just missed it. Well, I was going to the Nine Lives tour, which was a pretty decent album. I think that album came after Get a Grip, if I'm not mistaken. And it was at the Palace of Auburn Hills. We were row seven. Why Aerosmith had actual rows on the floor and seats, I, I, I will never know. But I was row seven. It was awesome seats. And it was me... This girl named Michelle Ringo and my buddy Jeremy at the time. And cool, cool concert, awesome concert. We get out. We drive. This is at the Palace, 45 minutes north of Detroit. You guys have heard me talk about the Palace of Auburn Hills before. We go south to go to Detroit. We want to get pizza. Or we're going to Buddy's Pizza. Now, Buddy's Pizza, I could do a podcast on Detroit-style pizza, and maybe I will. Oh, you know what? I think I'm just going to write this note down. I got an idea. But Buddy's Pizza is one of the coolest places, best pizza places in Detroit. It's Detroit style. It's phenomenal. So we go to Buddy's Pizza. Now, I knew, number one, on a Saturday night, Buddy's Pizza is going to be packed. Number two, once we get in, it's going to take a while. You know, it's kind of like when you go to Chicago Pizza. You don't rush anything. You just enjoy the experience. We were out of high school, so... I think we were allowed to drink or they just served us anyways, but I do remember getting pictures of beer. And we're sitting there and I went to go to the bathroom, navigate my way through the crowd because it was busy. As I'm walking out of the bathroom, this guy touches me on the shoulder. And I didn't see, you know, you, when you, look, I don't know what you guys do when you go to the bathroom. I go to the bathroom, I go in, do my business, wash my hands, get out. Yes, I actually washed my hands before I was told to because of COVID. It's just, you know, how I was raised. And um, I might look around and see, you know, make sure nobody's in there trying to do, you know, shank me or anything. But I don't pay attention. Well, apparently I, you know, I was, it's a tight area and I was kind of brushing by people. And this guy just 
touched me and I kind of turned around and I looked. He's like, sorry, man. He had a real raspy voice, you know, just trying to get through too. And he's like, I'm starving. And I said, yeah, me too, man. And I just kept walking. I'm like, wait a minute. And I turned back and I go, Steven Tyler? And he's like, yeah, man. And he's got that raspy voice. And I'm like, what the? I'm like, did I just go pee with Steven Tyler? And I'm like, dude, we just went to the concert and we're walking through the crowd. He's like, yeah. He's like, do you like it, man? You like it? He's talking real fast. I go, yeah, I loved it, man. And he's like, that's great. He's like, who'd you with? And I go, my friend's over there, you know. He's like, oh, man, yeah, I'd love to see him, but, I, you know, I'm starving. I go, yeah, you know, maybe we can sing, you know, swing by sometime and say hi before you, you know, before you guys get bombarded. He's like, yeah, yeah that'd be great. And I was like, cool, man. I was like, where, where are you sitting at? And I'm thinking to myself, why am I having this conversation with Steven Tyler like every other, you know, fan out there? Like, he's just going to invite everybody to his table. He's like, I don't know, man. He's like, I was like, well, we'll come see you. He's like, yeah, but I'm starving. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, so uh, thanks for coming to the concert. And it was like his mood changed. Like he got hangry and the fun loving Steven Tyler who touched me in the bathroom. That sounds weird. I'd be a millionaire if he did though. Um, Man, I missed my opportunity, but went from happy to like, nobody, I'm done talking to you and I'm out. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself in my head, like, bro, you, you touched me, dude. Like, you started this mess. And then I'm like, well, I get it. I mean, you know, guys got to eat. I feel the same way sometimes. Needless to say, though, I told everybody, they didn't believe me. So we get up and walking out and we see the round table. Or I say round table. But we see everybody sitting there. Everybody in the band is sitting there. Joe Perry, Steven Tyler, everybody. I mean, it's huge. And there's security in front of them, so nobody can get there. And I said, boom, there it is. And they're like, well, dude, we got to go over there. He said, and I'm like, yeah, let's not do that. Let's just not go bombard Steven Tyler. Oh, Steven Tyler invited some stranger that he met in the bathroom to come sit and eat pizza with him. So it never happened, but it always felt weird to me. Like I didn't know, I didn't know if I should be angry. I didn't know if I should be excited that I met Steven Tyler in a way, or I think in the long run, I think in the long run, I was happy. I was happy that I got to see him perform. I was happy that, I I mean, I'll probably never get the opportunity to be that close to Steven Tyler again. But I was also kind of mad because it got very weird. Like the whole thing just got, just got really weird. So I don't know. But if you're ever in Detroit, go to Buddy's Pizza. You're going to love it. I promise you. Uh, It is a, a phenomenal place and you'll have a good time. So one of the other ones that one of my favorite stories to tell is, is the Rob Zombie experience. Now, I'm a big Rob Zombie fan. Uh, I'm, I'm, I love his music. Uh, even though I don't like all of his movies, I love what he does in the movies. I love his take on it. His, I love his appreciation for horror. I mean, I don't, I mean if you met somebody that, that loves Halloween more than me, it's Rob Zombie. But I, I don't just love, you know, like he loves horror movies and scary movies, but he is a, an old school guy. He's a classic guy. He loves the slasher films, the old, you know, 70s slasher films, which if you watch Rob Zombie's movies, they very much mimic that or have that feel. But what he really likes are the classics. Dracula, you know, Creature from the Black Lagoon. He has bought original set pieces from most of those movies. He has 
one of the original creature outfits in his house. And I can really appreciate that. Not to mention, he loves horror so much that he's an Adams Family guy, a Munsters guy, hence Dracula, which I just played at the beginning of this, was the name of Eddie Munster's car. Oh, not Eddie, I'm sorry. Herman Munster's race car in the Munsters. It was Dracula. That song is based off that car and that TV show. So there you go, a little fact there. But I've seen Rob Zombie a couple times. I never saw White Zombie and I liked him. I liked White Zombie, but I've always preferred Rob Zombie solo. I just thought he was better. I don't know what it was. I felt like the music just changed. And it's, it is like listening to like a, a it, it reminds me of Ozzy. It reminds me of Alice Cooper. I mean, with a little Nine Inch Nails with some Manson. Very cool stuff, but he just had his own style. So I never got to see White Zombie live, but I got to see Rob Zombie probably three times, maybe four. But this one in particular, he was at the Fillmore in Detroit. That's not, it wasn't even the Fillmore. It was the State Theater in Detroit. It was a small venue, gorgeous venue. Now it is, it's recently been changed and, you know, the Fillmore went and bought a bunch of small venues and they changed them all to, you know, the Fillmore, Texas, Dallas, the Fillmore, Detroit, whatever. But this, this is a building here that was put up in 1925. Okay. And full capacity was 2,500 people full. This was where I saw prodigy. This is where, you know, we talk about that, where I, where I went and saw, you know, prodigy and some other bands there. Um, they say they hold 20, uh, 2,900, but it's, I believe it's 2,500, but it's, it's beautiful. You know, the Detroit music awards are held there. Uh, they've done comedy shows there. There was a nightclub there every Saturday night called club X sponsored by 89 X. Um, and it was a state theater and then the Fillmore bought it. But it is gorgeous on the inside. I mean, gorgeous. So Rob Zombie was going to be there with Monster Magnet and Power Man 5000. So those, that I mean, that's a, that's a great combo. I liked Monster Magnet. I didn't think they were great, but I thought they fit Rob Zombie's, you know. I could see why they were with Rob Zombie. And they had some cool songs. And Power Man 5000, I mean, obvious for obvious reasons, they were awesome too. But Rob Zombie knew how to put on a show. And mind you, the State Theater is, is, is a good venue, but it doesn't have that giant stage as, say, you know, American Airlines Center or, you know, back home, back home the Palace of Auburn Hills did, those big concert venues, or even JEXA, you know. Um, it didn't have that big stage. But when Rob Zombie came out, there was a 30-minute intermission because of what they had to do to the stage. And I will never forget him going, taking the stage. And I think this might've been the first time I saw him. It was like watching a horror, like a haunted house meets a carnival, meets a horror movie musical come to life. He had giant robots walking around, breathing fire. Uh, he had creatures on stilts, uh, lots of smoke, different colors, monsters swinging in the air, half naked girls dancing behind him, which I'll get to that in a minute. I mean, and he was just with his dreads. I mean, they weren't dreads. They're kind of like a mix of dreads and long hair. Just running around on stage with his makeup on, big costumes. I mean, it was a show. It was 100% special effects, the visuals, the sound. It was rock. 
And I just was like losing my mind because we were on the floor. I mean, we were right there. I could have ran and jumped up on stage and got knocked out by one of those monsters. So after the concert, you know, you're hyped. You want to go do something. Where do we go? We're in, we're in Detroit. Let's do something, you know. And there's bars and all that. Well, there's Hockey Town next door. And Hockey Town is exactly what it's, it sounds like. I mean, it is a hockey bar. It's three floors on the first floor, the basement floor. They have Second City, so you could go see all those comedies. And the middle, you know, the main floor when you walk in is the main restaurant. So if you want to eat, get some drinks, hang out, watch sports, hockey, whatever. Then you go up to the third floor. I guess it's four floors if you count the roof. You go up to the third floor and it's more of a bar, but kind of turns into a club, still hockey. And then you go to the roof, the rooftop. And that is just a bar. There's heaters, there's, you know, uh, cabanas, and you overlook the city of Detroit. I mean, you can look right into Comerica Park or down Woodward. You can see the Ambassador Bridge from the rooftop. It's amazing. Well, Rob Zombie, at the end of that, was promoting an after party at, at uh, Hockey Town on the roof. And I'm like, we got to go. All you had to do was show your ticket, and you were allowed access up there. So we didn't know what it was going to be. We thought maybe, you know, he might be there or maybe we just go and we get some drinks and just have some fun and we don't have to pay a cover charge. So we show our ticket. We don't have to pay a cover charge. We get up there. The roof is completely decorated. There's couches everywhere. There's like spiders hanging from the, from the canopies. Like, I mean, or from the, um, you know, those little like heaters or whatever. And there's just the whole is decorated. And I'm like, well, that's cool. And then there's a big giant movie, I say big giant, but there's a projector in the middle and a screen and it's showing classic horror movies. It was like The Bride of Frankenstein and Dracula, all the black and white movies were playing. I'm like, this is awesome. Well, surrounding the projector was this big giant table and people were sitting there and you know, some guys were dressed up and others just look like you and me and, and they're just hanging out. And I go over there cause I'm like, there's a bunch of girls over there. So I'm, I'm in. And the guy I was with, the name was Brad, was like, well, I'm going to beer, you know, and he's married. So, you know, he was a big party, you know, dud. And uh, so I'm like, whatever, married, you know, you're married, have fun. I'm not. So I go over there and I sit down next to this girl and I'm looking at her. And I'm like, oh my God, she's super pretty. It's dark out, you know, but there's still lights and she's got blonde hair. And, and I'm looking, I'm like, gosh, she's, she's not wearing much clothes. I mean, she's covered, but I'm, I'm seeing things, you know, and I'm talking to her and I, it just doesn't dawn on me who this person is and I'm laying it on. I'm not even going to lie to you guys. I'm laying it on thick, like not cheesy, but I'm like, this is my opportunity to hook up with this chick <laughs> and I'm going to do it. So I'm talking to her and she's like, did you, did you like the show? And I'm like, yeah, it was awesome. Like everything about it was great. You know, Rob Zombie's such a talented guy. You know, I'm not sounding too much like a dorky fan because I don't want this girl to think that I'm this big super nerd. Although here I am at a Rob Zombie after party and she's here. So clearly she's just as big of a super nerd as I am. Plus she got dressed up. So obviously. So we're talking and, and drinks come by and they just lay them on the table. Shots. Oh, she's like, yeah, grab one. It's cool. Somebody bought them. And I'm like, uh, I'm like, what is happening to me right now? Like, like, I knew this concert was going to be awesome, but is this about to happen? Am I about to have to, like, you know, let these guys know I'll figure out a way home? 
hopefully tomorrow, you know, and, and, and all that. So we're, I do the shots, I'm hanging out, and uh, this guy comes in. He's got this leather on, glasses, sunglasses. He sits down. and I'm not paying attention, really, because my focus is on her. And he sits right next to her, and he puts his arm around her. And I'm like, great, this dude's trying to block me here. Here I am. And she's like, hey, Brandon, this is my husband, Rob. I'm like, husband, wait, Rob? Oh, crap. Yeah, I was hitting on his wife. I was hitting on Shirley. Uh, Shirley. <laughs> I, I, I was hitting on Sherry. Uh, Sherry Moon Zombie, if you will. And I didn't know that. I mean, once I realized it and once he like reached out, shook his hand, shook my hand, and I saw her face, like everything kind of came into picture. I'm like, oh, that is Sherry. I just saw her dancing on stage. That's Rob. I don't know who I'm more excited to see, and I don't know how fast I want to get the hell out of here because I'm pretty sure Rob Zombie's going to throw me off this balcony. So he's like, hey, man, you know, and he's cool. Did you like the show? Yeah, man, it was great. You know, I was just talking to your wife, and everybody's been so nice. Man, I didn't know I would, you know, I, I go, I didn't know this was your table, man. I, I'm sorry, I just kind of sat down. He's like, nah, it's open, man. And that's what he was doing. He was just letting people come and sit. And then I kind of started to look around me. I'm like, oh, there's a lot of security around me. Like it just felt very open, but security was definitely placed in the appropriate areas. They weren't, they were not missing a beat. And I'm like, man, it was great. You know, and we're talking and he's like, yeah, I love Detroit. You know, my bass player was from Detroit. He's over there. He used to perform with Nine Inch Nails and he's telling me the background and his history with Detroit. And Sherry's cool, and she's hanging out, and she's just passing shots around the table. So I've got another shot coming my way. And then another shot. I don't, I gotta be real with you, I don't remember seeing Rob Zombie drink. I, I don't remember seeing him drink at all. But I don't know the time, I don't know what happened, because I'm still like trying to figure out, should I leave this table because I was trying to hit on his wife? Or should I stay because this is amazing and I don't want this night to end? Like, what, what are the rules here? And so I went with, I'm just going to stay. So I have no idea how long I was there. But I do know that when I walked in, Bride of Frankenstein was on. And when I left, they were starting Dracula. So I think it was Dracula. Might have been. Yeah, it was Dracula. So I was there for at least half a movie. My buddies finally find me. They see me talking to Rob. They say hi, but they're dumb. They're drinking their Bud Light and Michelob Ultras, and they're just dumb. They're just staring at him. I'm like, dude, I've been doing shots of God knows what. I just hit on Rob Zombie's wife. He's cool. So we all get a picture taken. So to this day, I have a picture. I'm sitting next to Sherry. Rob's right there. My guys aren't even in the picture. You can see like Brad's arm. And I've got a picture at this table of me and Rob Zombie in the band. And I'm going to tell you what, it was the coolest experience I've ever had. I mean, I remember it in detail. I remember exactly what she was wearing or not wearing. I remember what I was wearing. I mean, it was one of those moments where here's Rob Zombie and he's huge and he's gotten even bigger since then. And he just threw a party and just let people come up. Again, 
I don't know if people do that nowadays. I mean, I'm sure they do. I'm sure it happens in LA or Miami and stuff like that. But I don't know if you just randomly just go party with a rock star after the concert. Hanging out with Rob Zombie, bowling with Sia, getting groped by Steven Tyler. I didn't really get groped, but, you know, <laughs> I mean, I, I just don't know if that, if that happens on a regular basis. You know, having coffee with Shirley Manson and garbage. Now, if I was to put this in a book, again, this is what I'm talking about, you guys would think, man, this guy's living the, the life. You know, he's the lap of luxury, but I'm not. It's just the life of an average Joe. It's just me. It's just things that have happened to me in my life that I'll never forget. I mean, ever. Um, and there's other guys, you know, I've hung out with Dead Mouse and, and did not played, <laughs> funny enough, played Candyland with Dead Mouse, played Mario Kart with Dead Mouse, you know. I've done things like that. And this was back before he was as big as he is. I mean, um, you know, I've had, and I've met guys and, and, and things like that, that I've, you know, you go to a, uh, an autograph signing and, and, and those are fun and you, you know you're going to get a picture and a signature and you move on. But having those moments where you can meet people and connect them to the music, I think it makes the music much cooler. I like Sia a lot. I like a lot of her old stuff better. I don't listen to much of her new stuff. But whenever I see her on TV or the radio or social media or something comes out about her, I instantly go back to that moment of her sitting at the bar and inviting us bowling. You know, Rob Zombie just came out with a new album, right? Might have actually been the day before Halloween. And the last album he did wasn't my favorite, but he just came out with a new album so I'm like, instantly, I'm like, cool, I, that's awesome. And I listen to it, I appreciate it. And I hear his voice, or I see his wife in the video, and I instantly go back to that moment of having shots and hitting on his wife. You know, I mean, <laughs> Steven Tyler, I can't get that voice out of my head of him telling me how hungry he was, how starving he was, and how adamant he was that he got to his table to eat that buddy's pizza. Which, by the way, that was the last time that I had Buddy's Pizza. So maybe when I, you know, maybe when I go back to Michigan, I can get Buddy's Pizza. But those moments last with you forever. And it, and it creates such a cool feeling. And it creates music. It, it's part of it. You know, live music and, and meeting artists. There's something special about that. And I don't know if that goes on anymore because it feels like the way that concerts are, of course, concerts aren't happening now, but the way they are now, it just doesn't do that. You just, there's not a lot of random encounters. And I don't necessarily think I'm speaking hundred percent truth there. I think it does happen, but you know, maybe we just don't hear about it, but it seems to me that most of the artists are really just concerned with going out there, doing their music getting back in their car, their bus, their limo, and leaving. You know, you don't hear too much unless the artist is from a certain area. Like, you hear about it with Kid Rock. You hear about it with Post Malone. You know, that they go out and hang out and do, do stuff like that. But, like, you don't hear, like, Imagine Dragons just went and go, went partied right afterwards or went and met a bunch of people. You just don't hear about it. And I've seen them twice, and they seem like great guys. I just think, for me, that's what makes music. And I miss the days 
of ha having those accidental run-ins or those nights, those magic nights. I mean, they make movies about that one magic night, you know? I mean, there's a whole movie called Almost Famous, and that's just about meeting rock stars. I mean, if you think about it, that's what it's about. It's about this kid. And to me, none of those other artists will remember those moments, and that's okay. I mean, they see thousands of people on a regular basis. But I will always forever remember those moments, and I'll always have a fan in me, and I'll always be able to tell that story to, to Luke or, you know, uh, if I ever meet Rob Zombie again, you know, maybe I don't think I'll bring up that I hit on his wife, but, you know, I, it'll resonate with me that this is the same guy that we sat up on Hockey Town on a nice summer night and had shots with, you know, I had shots with his wife. His wife gave me shots, you know, and, and it's just... It's exciting, and I, and I miss the concerts, and I hope that in 2021 and 2022, as we navigate through this nonsense, that we can get back to having those concerts, and I hope for music's sake that maybe we can strip it down a little and get back to the more intimate settings, to the more opportunities to meet people. It might be kind of hard because of COVID and everything, but we're going to get through this mess one way or another. This isn't the first virus that has hit us, and it won't be the last. And there's much worse out there, but I'm hoping we go to smaller venues and better opportunities to meet artists. I want to sit with some people, man. I want to have a beer with Cody Jinx. Cody Jinx was just at, about a month ago, he was down at Mama Tried in Deep Ellum. And I almost went that night, but I was leery because of COVID and I wasn't sure and I don't want to get sick and bring it home to Luke. And I just, I'm just have my precautions. I don't need to be driving down to Dallas going to Mama Tried on a Sunday. Well, he was there having a beer. And that's a guy I want to meet. I want to talk to him. I want to have a beer with him. I just want to chill. I just want to hear whatever he has to say. We can talk about nothing. We can talk about how cold the ice cubes are in his drink. I don't care. He just is one of those dudes. And that's what is cool about meeting some of these country artists, you know. And, you know, Randy Rogers will talk your ear off, you know. Parker McCollum's too busy doing things. But, um... And that's in my book, so I'm not going to give that story away. But I want to get back to that. I want to get back to the small settings of, you know, just a dude and a guitar. You know, Dave Grohl is on my list, man. The Foo Fighters in general. For being one of my favorite bands, I've yet and never had the opportunity to see Foo Fighters. I was hoping I could take Luke to see Foo Fighters. I know he's three, so they might be, you know, on their retirement tour by the time they... He can go, and who knows now. But I've never got to see the Foo Fighters, and they're on my list. And I just think that Dave Grohl, of everything I've read and everything I've seen, would be a cool dude to meet. You know, they're saying, you know, I'd love to meet Bono. Yeah, I'd just love to talk to him about anything. Life, COVID, the presidency, politics, uh, you know, the world. You know, there's some of those guys that you just want to talk to, so... I doubt I'll meet Bono, but I do think I have an opportunity to meet Cody Jinks and then possibly Dave Grohl. But Cody Jinks, yeah, I'm, I think so. So, Anyway, well, I hope you guys enjoyed the series. I know I had fun going down memory lane. Like I said before, I could literally make this a 12-part series. I have so many stories about concerts. I didn't even mention Mumford & Sons or Tony Bennett, Billy Idol, all those concerts. Uh, I have other stories of people I've met. Um, some funny ones too. I may revisit that one day, but 
I really had a good time talking about this. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope it brought back some memories of you, some of your favorite concerts, or maybe some stories you have of running into artists or bands. If you do have those stories, let me know. You know, message me, uh, post it on, uh, you know, Instagram or uh, toycarsonthenightstand.com. Uh, that's my blog, or you can just Facebook or whatever. I'd love to hear your stories. You can even comment right here on Anchor, so that's cool. And don't forget to follow, like, and share the Life of an Average Joe podcast on any platform that you listen to. Uh, we are everywhere, including Amazon and Apple and Spotify. So if you want to follow us there, you can. And I will be back in a week. That's right, a week live from Detroit. Very excited. I will be doing a podcast live from Detroit, all about the Motor City, all about the 313 in a week. So come back and check out my Detroit podcast. Plus, I'll be special guest on my buddy's podcast in Detroit called It's So Cold in the D. And uh, if anybody's from Detroit, you know what I'm talking about. We're going to talk a lot there. So I think he wants to discuss some Detroit Lion stuff. So, <laughs> sorry, but I'm about to roast those guys again. Uh, so that'll be on as well. And Trash Talk will be live from Detroit too. So don't miss out. Uh, Trash Talk will be live from Detroit in two weeks. And uh, the Life of an Average Joe podcast will be from Detroit on a special next Saturday, December 12th. Live from Detroit, the Life of an Average Joe podcast. Thank you guys so much. Have a good one. Be safe out there. And thank you for your support. It means a lot to me. And I hope that you enjoyed it. And I hope to hear from you guys. So give me those comments. Talk to you guys later.